Hey, everyone. <laughs> Ashley here. Hello, Abby here. I'm Katie, always. We have a really fun, awesome crossover episode for you guys today. Our first ever. Our first, uh, for us, our first ever. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, Abby. Sweet baby gay. We've we've done one before um, with a really cool podcast that goes through like queer archives. I will definitely be, send you guys the link and everything. It was really fun. We literally just like, we just went through personal ads of queerness and like talking it's so good Um, reading personal ads that's awesome that's so cool yes people abby is the host of sweet baby gay katie and i are the hosts of always the last to know and we're super excited for this episode and i really want to give you guys the name of this podcast just while i'm thinking about it um it's called queer personals Queer personals, nice. I just go through queer personal ads, so go check that one out too. But yes, uh, sweet baby gay and always the last to know crossover. And what are we talking about today? Oh my god, we're gonna talk about Eleanor Roosevelt. We're gonna talk about some letters with a special friend of hers because I'm not in the business of putting labels on something that somebody didn't label. (laughs) Absolutely, and. we're going to talk about um, a cool mobster woman who has a connection to Eleanor, too. Yeah, and I think yes. we're going to talk a lot about speculation in general. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I have a lot of speculation coming from my side, so a lot of speculation. <laughs> but I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I was going to say, why don't we get into a little bit of, like, who Eleanor was just so people, because I'm sure not everyone has done the research that we have. Yeah, I didn't really like, know much about her before this started. So American history, not the best subject in school. So like, yeah, I did. I, all I, I knew was she was a first lady. I, I didn't know much. That was about yeah. my level of knowledge on her too, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I will be so honest. That is my current level of knowledge. <laughs> Y'all are fully educating me on this subject. Because while we were it, doing the it. research for this, I was deep into the life of Marilyn Monroe. Yes. Really? Not to excuse it. Yeah. Part four, the final part, was two and a half hours long. <laughs> So long. it was a hundred and plus pages of Marilyn Monroe, which is why for Ashley. Yes, which is why Ashley is taking the lead on the research for our segment, and I'm just here to bring vibes and some facts on <laughs> Amelia Earhart. That's and cool. support. You can ask us. <laughs> yeah. That's great because you can ask us questions, and then we can see if we know the answers. And then if we're not, we'll just yes. make speculations, like yes. this episode's Perfect. gonna be. I was going to say, like, the way that I did my notes for this is very different from what I usually do. I'm usually writing, like, a story form. But for this one, I just have a bunch of bullet points. um, I do, too. About her. (laughs) Hell yeah. Um, I guess first thing is, I didn't know that Eleanor was not her first name. Shut up. Yeah, it's It's uh, Anna. Anna Anna Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah. I had no idea. I think Anna was like a family name, so she went by Eleanor. Mm. It's like multiple people in her family were also named Anna. I would expect that to be the other way around. Eleanor whole feels like it's more of a family Royal. Anna. Yeah. Yeah. Eleanor's a beautiful name. It is a Absolutely. beautiful name. Mm-hmm. I I am envious of that name. <laughs> 
<laughs> like a beautiful. I also didn't know that. So Eleanor Roosevelt, I'll just go real quick. Eleanor Roosevelt was the, uh, the, Jesus Christ, first lady to President Franklin D. Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. I did not know that they were also cousins. Oh my God, the way that when I found that in my notes, I was like, stop, you stop right now. And they're not first cousins. <laughs> I don't remember clear. how many apart it is, but it's still like. I do. It was yes. actually a very apart. It was very apart. I like, I, when I, cause I, the second I heard, I was like, I need to know how related they are. And I like went okay. deep dive. Well, I love like this one note that I have goes, she was born in New York City on October 11th, 1884 to Anna Hall and Elliot Roosevelt, younger brother of Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah, that Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> Her Jesus uncle's Christ. Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, Lord. Yes. So it's her. So her great, 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 great grandfather. So that's five greats is Theodore Roosevelt's great, 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 great four greats grandfather. So they're not that related. Like, I couldn't even tell you who my great, great, great grandfather is. I have no no idea. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I could easily run into my great, my, like, fifth cousin and have zero idea. But I kind of love that she didn't have to change her last name. That yeah. makes it worse. <laughs> got married. <laughs> yeah. That makes married. it worse in my head. It's like, you don't have, well, you know, back then the custom was to change your last name. I'm like, oh, do you have to do paperwork? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's dope. She doesn't have to do paperwork. I've been married for six months now and we still haven't changed her last names. <laughs> two, two, almost three years here. And the plan was originally to do it. And then we got married during COVID and I went... Why am I going to do this paperwork doing all of this it was, BS? It was hell just to get our marriage license. <laughs> so yes. like, we're like, God, I don't want to go back like, there. No. But we need to do it because we want to have the same last name. But So we need to do it. I'm just like, God, I it was hell. Sad, saddled with my partner's last name. What's your partner's last name? The American pronunciation is Uquiz. It's supposed to be like Yutskevich. Uh, and it's spelled U-T-K-E-W-I-C-Z. And I'm just like, no, I don't want to have to do that. Reservations, doctor's appointments. No, thank you. I don't want to have to spell that out. <laughs> That's fair. fair. That's fair. Yeah. No, I was uh, very quick to change my name. I like Step yourself. Kid, though. Step kid. It, it's easier when him and I have the same last name for like appointments mm. and shit like that. That's, That's It's fair. just easier. That's our thing is we're like, when we have kids, we definitely want to all have the same last name. So it's like, we're like, as long as it's done by the time we have kids, because yeah, it's important to me to have the same last name as my child. Yeah, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, back to Eleanor Roosevelt. So yeah, so she was born to Anna Hall and Elliot Roosevelt, um, and she had one sibling. Um, and her par- her parents, both her parents died when she was like 11 or 12. So young. Shit. So young. It was like her mom died. She died of, I want to say, like just cancer. And then oh. two years later, her father succumbed to alcoholism. Oh, oh. God. Yeah. That's so she rough. spent a, yes, she, she spent a lot of time living with her grandmother. Um, and then when she was at 15 years old, she actually moved to England to attend a private women's A boarding school. A boarding <laughs> school. I was like, Katie and I know what that's like. (laughs) Really? Y'all went to boarding school? That's where we met. Yeah, in high school. Ah. Boarding school. 
boarding school Whoa. for bad kids. Let's let's be very clear. <laughs> <laughs> Way different than what Ellen were probably attended. I don't think you were going I, to. <laughs> although, I to hope be honest, so. ours was probably started back then as a finishing school, especially because mm. we had to wear white dresses mm-hmm. when we graduated. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah. It's very culty. <laughs> hmm. hmm. Yes. Okay, so the, the school was called Allenswood School for Girls. School for Girls. And they said that, that she uh, created, like, a special bond. And I think this, like, was the beginning of her just creating special bonds with women. Um, with Mademoiselle Marie Sylvester. Ooh. Um, who took a special – she was the, like, she was the headmistress of the school. And um, she took a special interest in Eleanor because Eleanor just in general was, like, really smart and, like, charismatic. So everyone loved Eleanor. Loved Eleanor. <laughs> but then she, when – after that, she moved back in when she was 18. And that is when she officially met the Theodore Roosevelt. I think they had met when they were kids. Or, sorry, Franklin mm. Roosevelt. But, like, this was, like, their official meeting as adults and everything. Um, wasn't it when uh, she had her like coming out party when she came back to America? Like their what do they call them debutante ball, uh, debutante kind of ball, something mm. like that. And he was there. I'm pretty sure something he like was that. There. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have to be like announced into society. Obviously, she probably wore white then too. She was definitely probably. White. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ugh. probably. <laughs> Yeah, and they were engaged within like a year, like engaged yeah. and then married within a year. I did like find out though, so um, and then what? Married in like nineteen oh five or something. Yes, yeah, engaged nineteen oh three, married nineteen oh five. So while doing research for this, I ended up listening to an audiobook called "The Three Graces of Valkyl," which I will mm-hmm. definitely be going into more detail about because that is fascinating. But in it, they talked a lot about Eleanor's relationship with Franklin's mother who was just like not mm. re- didn't really like Eleanor at all Ooh. and she actually asked that they keep their like their engagement private for a little while so it's like they got engaged and no one knew for like a year until they wow. got married I wonder why she did they say like did they go into like detail about why she didn't like her I think that she just didn't like her because she was like just an ambitious woman and just like didn't like it was like I think it was like a time thing of like didn't like like thought women should be like in the home and like yeah or definitely like, like the massage was someone was coming from she wasn't going to be yeah. a good wife she, yeah she, she was, was like too she was too ambitious yes oh my God. man was Eleanor ambitious <laughs> she was an ambitious woman chock full of ambition I love an ambitious woman. I also love that Teddy <laughs> gave her away at the wedding. Yeah, Teddy yeah. Roosevelt while he was president. Yeah, I, isn't that cool? I no, it's too. Katie's like, no, no, this is not like okay. <laughs> this is too royal family for me. This I, is like I, it definitely. You should is. have more problems with this. You should not be allowed. <laughs> I fully agree. One with person that. from one family, and you're out. Sorry, sorry. I fully agree with that because I didn't realize that they were related until doing this research. And like, it's like listening to, especially listening to that audiobook, it's like they were like literally, there were times where like Theodore Roosevelt and Franklin Roosevelt were like against each other in things. And like, like certain like elections, like the, there was like family, like, 
people running against each other within the family for like governor and like all this stuff. And it's like, why is this family suddenly so important to like the state of New York? This is like either way, the family wins, and I hate that. And then this is also before the U.S. had laws against how against two term limits. Yes. Yeah. So um, now actually, we're talking about people who are just families are ruling for too long. I don't like that. I'm that is one of my on first notes. Is that she is the longest serving first lady in U.S. history, uh, and. Franklin served four terms. Two-year term limits were set in 1951 when the second of 22nd amendment amendment four was ratified. Terms. Four Who terms. Does it that four terms is so long. Imagining having Trump for four terms. I think I would have yeeted myself off the planet. <laughs> he wasn't Trump, so I'm sure it was very different, <laughs> but like still. It's a Where's very the long time. That's just too long. That's 16 years. That's 16 years. years. That's too long. That's insane. 16 years. Wow. Crazy. Wow. Crazy. Who was it that they, like, created the rule for, though? Was it Franklin? Was it because of Franklin Roosevelt or was it someone else? I'm like, I'm going to look that up right now. It was 51, so it was probably around that time, yeah. He died in the 30s, though. Oh, did he? Who am I thinking of then? No, I'm sorry. Wait, no, he died. He died in 1945. So it could have been him. And so I'm pretty sure he died while in office. Um, He did. Okay. Because it was March 4th, 1933 to April 12th, 1945 was his presidential term. That's just too much. Way too long. That's way too long. When you're in a whole new decade, (laughs) you should stop way too long that's the entire depression great depression too god that's crazy but that's not who we're here to talk about because you know what a lot of eleanor roosevelt is whenever like she comes up and a lot of like research and like when you look at everything it's all about how she was with like tied to franklin roosevelt but like she had insanely like big accomplishments by herself like in a lot of like aspirations separate from him yes and like I think I learned a lot about that. Like she was like involved with the Red Cross during World War One. She started like a furniture company, which I have more to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> she was like she did a lot of work with like women's suffrage and like um, the League of Women's Voters, the Women's Trade Union. I have a a list too. Ooh, please tell me. Representative for the World Federation of the UN Associations. Chair of that association's board of directors, the American Association for the UN, appointed to National Advisory Committee of the Peace Corps, chair of the President's Commission on the Status of Women. Like, the list goes on and on. It's incredible. Damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's fully She's so a humanitarian. Ambitious. Fully a humanitarian. On top of all that, her, like, big passion was, like, teaching girls too like Mm. she had so many different positions within schools of like being a teacher which i thought was really cool yeah i love that while they were in the white house she started holding press conferences and then allowed only female reporters into the room during these press conferences (laughs) because what was it they were not allowed 
Um, let's see. Yeah, they were not allowed in the presidential press conferences. What so her fuck? own conferences had only female reporters. Yes. Oh, like, yes. Good yes. for her. She was so cool. That's uh-huh. amazing. She also, what was this? Served as the assistant director of civilian defense from 1941 to 1942 during World War II. Holy shit. Yeah. What a badass. 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 So we have the point that she is very accomplished, a very accomplished woman and a very badass. I think we should get into the juicy part of it all. Yeah, I want the tea. Tell me about her love life. That's why I'm here. The part we're really all here for. And not her love life with her cousin. I don't care about that. <laughs> we don't care about that. We're going to have to start with it, but let me, uh, it's gonna. It's just going to get out of the way real fast. Cause okay, it okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm you might handle that because I didn't look up anything about that. Okay. <laughs> I got that. So Eleanor Roosevelt, she married, as we established, Franklin D. Roosevelt in 1905. And within the first eleven years, she had six kids, but one died within it in infancy. So infancy. So she had five kids that she was raising. Um, that was within like eleven years. But by the nineteen twenties, their relationship fell apart. Um, so basically, what had happened was is Franklin Roosevelt, while away, because they lived in um. They lived in New York, but they both commuted between like Albany and New York City. And while he was away, he was having an affair with <gasps> her secretary. Stop. No. Yes. Okay. First of all, FDR. Fuck you. Fuck Second you. of all, Fuck really? You. Secretary? Really? Not only his secretary, her secretary. Her secretary. I'm just like, That's- girl, where is the girl code? Where's the balls? The <laughs> like, That's so fucked up. The, audac- oh, man. the audacity. The audacity. The way that she could just control the schedule, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to know how she found out? She um, read their love letters. Stop. Oh, so many people writing love letters to one another. Well, so, they, so, just, so, they couldn't text each other. Exactly. Every time I read that, I was like, this is the equivalent of us going through our partner's text messages yeah. and finding shit. I, Actually, yes. <laughs> well, it's been <laughs> happening for centuries. Of course, exactly. It's never, since the early 1900s, people have been sleeping with secretaries. Ridiculous. Oh my! God. And like they have to communicate somehow, and so this is—it's that's literally the equivalent. I just every time I read it, I just started laughing because I was just imagining it's this—it's the same thing. Oh it's my god! You know, if that's so funny, <laughs> literally never thought about it in that context. That's hilarious. Yeah. 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 Um, so that happened and it completely destroyed their marriage. They, it's like through the, like their own writings. Cause a lot of like our information about uh, Eleanor Roosevelt is through her writings and the writings of the people around them. Cause the, everyone around them kept a really good like log of their life and their routine. So everyone just said that like after that, there was no trust between the two of them and like the love just kind of died. Which Aww. is so funny considering like, how much she did for him politically. Yes. So a lot of people said that like she, it was very obvious that she loved him 
especially at the beginning of their marriage, that it was a marriage of love. And that even after this happened, you could tell that he, she still loved him. But a lot of it was just kind of a political alliance. Was just that they had children together, they were married, and at the time, it would, especially for with his political career, it would have just destroyed their lives if they had gotten divorced. Yeah. And it was like they just kind of decided that it was better for them together to stay together and everything. And he had like promised her that he would not see the woman again. Broke that promise, of course. I'm assuming I did not come across that information. Okay. Yeah, he also promised a lot of shit on their wedding day, so I don't give a shit about what he promises. <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah, so that's their relationship. And so, like, she's very involved in his political career. This happened in, like, the late 1910s, and he didn't get elected into president until the 1930s. Mm. Um, so throughout the 1920s was her, like, time where she just kind of, like, took control of her own life and like using him as kind of a like leverage because she was still married to him kind of like pushed herself off politically and like, like socially and economically and everything. Good for her though. That's him. That's what they get. Use him. That's what you get. That's, that's their side of this political thing. I mean, think about all of the first ladies who have then, jumped off and had foundations and their own political careers hillary fucking clinton ran for president like it's yeah it's horrible to like look at this and be like oh like it's such a political marriage but like they do get hopefully something out of it the drive and the push for their own career i mean she's ambitious as yeah shit. she's she's gonna make it work for her I've been watching exactly. Scandal. Exactly. It's all about the White House. <laughs> I think I know too much. You're like, I think I know exactly like, how Oh, I'm an expert. Now. Please. I just watched three presidential elections. Like, I basically made a president. But yeah, that's, she's amazing. I love her. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Yeah. So I actually, I have a little bit to talk about for the 1920s because to prepare for this, I read The Three Graces of Val Kill which was written by Emily Herring Wilson. And it is about the 1920s of uh, Eleanor Roosevelt's life and how transformative it was. It's about specifically her relationship with um, Miriam Dickerman and Nancy Cook. Oh. So. Nancy Cook, why does that name sound familiar? I know, I'm like trying to think. I'm going to tell you guys the the facts and then i'm going to tell you guys what i think okay um so the facts are marion uh, dickerman and nancy cook were in a relationship they're both women and they were in a relationship we know that that is proven fact nice they became very close with eleanor and they were working on a lot of projects together including the valkyl furniture um furniture company because uh nancy cook nan is um how they what they called her she was a um she was a woodworker and she actually like in uh the time of like working with the american cross she actually made prosthetics which was like super cool um that is so amazing isn't that fucking cool that's fucking cool um so they were very involved with like she helped them build this company, and then they also were very involved with um, the like uh, suffragists, 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 um, and uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt's like campaign and everything, and just kind of like working on the side of like women's rights for his campaign. Nice. And so they just built this really close friendship with Eleanor Roosevelt. 
to the point that they together built a cottage for them to live on on the Eleanor on the Roosevelt property that they called Val Kill. Oh my okay. god. And you know want to know what what uh what Franklin D Roosevelt referred to this cottage as? The honeymoon cottage. Stop. Okay. <laughs> wow. I'm telling you the goddamn truth. <laughs> like, okay. So those are the facts. Those wow. are the facts. Wow, 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 wow. That's crazy. Obviously, we know now that Eleanor Roosevelt was a sapphic woman herself. She loved women. We also know she loved men. She was not a lesbian. She was bisexual. I stand firm on that. Agreed. I'm assuming she had a romantic relationship with them. (laughs) Which also would be so interesting for the time because of the implications of polyamory. And how people reacted to that. Yes. So there's a lot of like talk. So all of this information comes from the book that I read. And there's a lot of talk of like that Franklin Roosevelt kind of like let her like, because he's he did fund and build the cottage for them. There was a lot of um, like the three women did help a lot with um, like Nancy Cook did do a lot of the furnishing and made a lot of the furniture. And um, Marion did a lot of the, like helped with the design of the house and everything. And Eleanor Roosevelt helped fund it and stuff and like do decorating. So it's like, they obviously had a very big hand in making this cottage, Mm -hmm. but it was all like, it was Franklin Roosevelt's idea to do it. So my thought is that he knew that they did not have a romantic relationship anymore probably knew that his wife was gay um he probably knew it and was like hey i'm gonna make let you go do this so you could be happy and then i'll be happy over here too and we'll still be on the same property still be able to like work together and have our family together but then you can have this this house with your with your friends friends quote unquote yeah yeah history will call them friends History will call them roommates even he's like like, it's the least i could do since i cheated on you Oh, yeah. Um, and they, the two women, they had like a huge hand in like helping raise the Ellen, the Roosevelt's children and like did a lot of travel with them. And basically it said that like, the three of them were like inseparable. I love that. Which also, I love that. But also if you're a couple and you're inseparable with another person, something's going on. <laughs> something's going on. Something is happening. That, that's okay. so interesting because I do have – a letter between Amelia Earhart and her husband, Mm. which is what people usually point to a lot that points to her own marriage being very similar to that. Um, (laughs) Okay. So that's very interesting. Would you, Mm. can can you share? Oh yeah. I mean, we can can definitely get into that now because Amelia Earhart and Eleanor Roosevelt, really their overlap was so small. They met at the white house. They went for a night flight. um, And you know, a lot of rumors are based on them, but this. Didn't she stay at the white house though? Like Eleanor invited her to stay at the white house. She stayed for a little bit, but nothing like nothing crazy. Really? Because Amelia mm. died a few years after they first met. Mm. She like they uh, wanted she wanted to teach her how to fly, but that never ended up happening. The the potential for something 
was there, but it never really mm-hmm. got to flourish because Amelia disappears. But she was married to a, na- a man named George Putnam, who she called GP. And we have this letter that Amelia wrote before they got married, which starts with, Dear GP, There are some things which should be writ before we are married, things we have talked over before, most of them. You must know again my reluctance to marry, my feeling that I shatter thereby chances in work, which means most to me. I feel the move just now as foolish as anything I could do. I know there may be some compensations, but have no heart to look ahead. So she's like, "Mm, not super into this marriage. Oh, and she goes on to say, on our life together, I want you to understand I shall not hold you to any medieval code of faithfulness to me, nor shall I consider myself bound to you similarly. Oh, damn. Okay. She just spelled it out there. Amelia. She's just Amelia. Foxy Foxy Lady. Oh my God. Yeah. If we can be honest, right? I think the difficulties which arise may be best avoided should I or you become interested deeply or in passing in anyone else. Okay. I'm in love with Amelia Earhart. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. What a fantastic energy. Oh, oh I'm so sad <laughs> she went missing. I know. And <laughs> in case what could have been. In case that didn't spell enough out enough, she goes on, please let us not interfere with the other's work or play, nor let the world see our private joys or disagreements. Okay. She's like, let's have our fun. Keep it private, though. I'm giddy right now. (laughs) This is why I was like, I kind of got to talk about this. (laughs) I'm giddy. So that's really interesting because in the book I was reading, so the book I was reading didn't talk too much about the relationship between Eleanor Roosevelt and Hick. It just kind of like lightly, like if you didn't know about it, you would have just passed by and not realized Mm -hmm. that they were in a relationship. But it does talk about how I know I'm really excited, but just real quick on this subject though, it does talk about how later in the relationship, there is a letter where Eleanor is telling Hick that she doesn't want to be exclusive with her anymore. Mm. So like, and then you also put in the fact that she's like with these two women at Val Kill, who also are not the only couple like lesbian friends that she has. She lived in Greenwich village was like around so many different people that were gay and like i'm like I, all this energy leads to you were non-monogamous and gay mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. oh i was gonna say there's just a couple more lines of this letter that kind yes, of touches on that more. same idea in this connection i may have to keep some place where i can go to be by myself now and then for i cannot guarantee to endure at all times the confinement of even an attractive cage Wow. (laughs) Amazing. She's like, even if you're hot, I can't be with just you. Even if you're hot, bro. Right? Oh, that's so funny. And I love how eloquently it's written. So beautiful. She finishes it out with these two lines. I must exact a cruel promise. And that is you will let me go in a year if we will find no happiness together. 
I will try to do my best in every way and give you that part of me you know and seem to want. A-E. That's the best prenup I've ever heard. Right? That really is. Perfectly So is there any, like, is there any evidence that Amelia Earhart was queer in any way? People point to this letter a lot. There's a couple, there's uh, some lines in there, like the other's work or play and things like that. People do point to her as a queer icon and believe that when she stayed with Eleanor and when they went on their flight, that that was a first date. And people point to these moments and friendships that she has. But it's a lot of the same thing where it's hard to, it's hard for me to follow these sources that are like, she was a lesbian, where I'm like, her and George were very clearly had something going on Mm -hmm. together. And it's hard for me to like follow, it's hard for me to apply these labels in which I know they wouldn't necessarily want to attribute to. Yes. Sometimes it's so hard to see people so pointedly be like, yes, they were this, they were that. And it's like, if we, we have all the evidence that's leaning towards that, but we do not know for a fact because they did not say it themselves that they are this or that. So it's like, we can totally look at them as queer icons based on evidence, but we Mm -hmm. don't have the label from them. So let's stop putting it on them yeah Yeah. and a lot of people will be like oh well we can't use the weird word queer because that's not what they used back then and it's like well that doesn't mean anything like because now you say lesbian because a lot of people say eleanor roosevelt was a lesbian but she has a lot of documented relationships with men Mm -hmm. where there's like sheets out like in letters and everything said that she was in love with these men Mm -hmm. and it's like you can't oh like by saying she's a lesbian you're erasing half of that and like also saying, like, don't use queer because it didn't exist back then. Well, I used to call myself bi in high school, but that's not what I actually am. I'm Pam, but now I have the language for yeah. it. Yeah, the right So I can better describe it, better terminology. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like if we didn't know what a cloud was, we still wouldn't be like, well, we can't call it a cloud back then because, like, that was a really bad example. We always no, knew I clouds actually were. like that. <laughs> no, that's the perfect example. We it didn't have that word then, so we can't say and that. straightforward. Yeah, and it shows yeah. the absurdity of the idea. Like, no, what? That's a ridiculous yeah. notion. The biggest piece of evidence from that letter itself, people are like, "Well, she was tentative about wanting to marry him because at that same time, the Supreme Court was looking at." same-sex marriages and i'm like that is a really big leap to make about someone's sexuality and the timing of a letter (laughs) yeah Yeah. wow and to be honest like there are percentage wise of the population there are more people who are bisexual pansexual multisexual like all of that uh, under an umbrella under the bi umbrella that is the higher percentage than like lesbians are and like, I also love that it's like proving that straight should not be the default. Okay, so that goes into something I wanted to talk about okay. in the book that I was reading, <laughs> and that's that they they kept talking about all of Eleanor Roosevelt's like 
female friends. And a lot of them ended up being lesbian later, but there's no like evidence between the two of them. Probably because Eleanor Roosevelt was in the government was in politics and had to keep it all hush hush. But every time they talked about one of like her female friendships, they just brought it up as strictly a friendship. And then it comes up that she had a similar friendship with the man Earl Miller. And suddenly the the author's like, the difference here is that it was a man. And so oh. it was most likely romantic. And that's literally, there was also, for, with, between her and him, there's also no evidence, nothing that said it, just like there was nothing with, like, the female friendships. But it's, like, because it's a man, they wrote it as if, like, that was the romantic. So, like, when I was listening to it, I was like, cool, so now you're trying to put it in my head that she had a romantic relationship with this man, even though there's just as much evidence that she had a romantic relationship with him as there was for the, all the women. And that is on society keeping straight as the default and yes it's and it's just it's not it was just so interesting to like read to like so i was listening to an audiobook so i read i was listening to it still reading but <laughs> it's reading um, it's reading it it's, it's reading but i'm gonna keep saying listening um so as i was listening to it it was like i was just like this is why when you write from the perspective of like assuming someone's sexuality you erase it the same way if that if they had written it if the person had written it assuming she was a lesbian they would have erased the half of her you can't just assume one way or the other when there's like she hasn't said either way Mm -hmm. absolutely especially when there's like clear evidence of both yeah yeah don't erase certain evidence clearer evidence just to like I'm so ready. Can we please start talking about these yeah. letters? With, yes, I'm so um, ready. Because I read some and they're good. Right? <laughs> Before I talk about the letters and their relationship, I do want to tell people like a little bit of who Lorena Hickok is. Um, so I'll try, I'll try to do it fast. But I want to start with a little tidbit from the letters. Uh, a quote. I've been trying to bring back your face to remember just how you look. Funny how even the dearest face will fade away in time. Most clearly, I remember your eyes, with the kind of teasing smile in them, and the feeling of that soft spot just northeast of the corner of your mouth against my lips. And that is Lorena. That is Lorena in a letter to Eleanor in 1933. Gay. So wow. It's the gayest thing I've ever heard. It's the gayest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and like wow. L- Lorena, full on. Lorena is gay. Like we know that for a fact. Uh, yeah, that yeah. that is like proof. Well, I mean, at this point, it's all you read the letters, it's proven that both of them were gay. But oh, like yes. <laughs> it it is like she had relate she had like out relationships with other yes. people too. Like we knew at the okay. time that she okay, was out. Okay. Yeah. Um, So she's one of the most renowned female journalists of her time, working for papers in the Midwest and New York before eventually becoming one of the first women to have a byline with the Associated Press. And for anyone who doesn't know what a byline is. LOL, byline. (laughs) LOL, byline. (laughs) Um, She's one of the first women to have her name underneath the heading of an article in the Associated Press. Hell yeah. The fir- first women. That's men have that their is names. Crazy men have that their is names crazy. for their articles. Yeah. But she was the first one. So wow. good for her. That is crazy that it was, right? she was the first person. Good for you. Like I love that. 
Good for you, but I wish that it hadn't taken till you. I know. Truly should have been sooner. Should have been sooner. My next note is that she's best known as Hick, which Abby referred to her as earlier in the episode. She was born Mm -hmm. into a poor family in rural Wisconsin in 1893. At 14, she left her abusive home to work as a maid before a relative helped her finish school. After high school, she got a job on the Battle Creek Evening News. She moved to Milwaukee, then Minneapolis, where she found a mentor at the Tribune who taught her the ins and outs of the journalism industry. Um, He also taught her a little bit more than that about like drinking and doing fun, bad things. (laughs) This is just all of this in general is absolutely incredible because I was recently looking up the college stats of women just for decades prior and we're talking about a time when like maybe 11 percent, maybe yeah. that's pushing it max yeah right and it's like you're just out here doing your damn thing and i love yeah. it like, yeah. amazing um so he ended up giving her assignments that were not usually given to women um like covering politics news sports in 1926 she was diagnosed with diabetes in a time where oh. we just saw the invention of synthetic insulin. Oh. So it wasn't like a life sentence for her when it wow. could have been just a couple of years prior. Huh. At the time of her diagnosis, she was living with her longtime partner, Ella Morse, who was also a fellow journalist. According to Eleanor Roosevelt's biographer, Blanche Wisen Cook, Uh, Morse persuaded Hickok to take a year's leave from the paper and move with her to San Francisco. But just before they left, Morse eloped with a man. Like what? What? Girl, really? You could have had Lorena? And you ran off with a man? In San Francisco and you stayed to elope with a dude? (laughs) You chose a stinky man? Um, i know he was stinky i know he was stinky absolutely back then yes (laughs) even still now right now that's my partner's favorite insult is being like stinky (laughs) stinky um after that she decided to move to new york and that's when she got her job with the associated press And in 1932, she was assigned to cover Eleanor Roosevelt during Franklin's uh, first presidential campaign. (gasps) What a meet cute. What a meet cute. She like didn't want to do it at first too. She thought it was going to like take her back to like the women's area of things. But then after meeting Eleanor, she was like, no, this is a person we have to cover. She's like, no, this is going to be, this is going to be good. (laughs) That's even cuter. Right? I know. And even though they had, like, really different backgrounds growing up, one thing that they had in common was their incessant push to have their voices heard in rooms dominated by men, which, like, I'm here for that. Where's this movie? Right? Can we get this movie about them? You're going to ask that even more the further along we go. Like, this is the cutest thing I've ever heard. She doesn't want to go. She sees a beautiful woman. She's like, no, no, she's amazing. (laughs) She's also smart. Like, are you fucking kidding me? God damn it. I I want to give it in the camera. No, no, dude. This is HBO. 
HBO needs to do it. HBO needs mm-hmm. to do it. And also, this is when it zooms out. You're like, they had one thing in common. Their need to like dominate a room. And then it zooms out. And then it's like, and they might have had one other thing in common. And then it's like all about their romance. <gasps> yes. Okay. So I like someone it. start writing this now. <laughs> because we're saying it now, if they make a movie, we have the rights to the movie, right? TM, 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 TM. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> copyright. We I declare copyrighted. <laughs> what began as a professional relationship quickly turned into a close friendship and the connection of confidants. These women confided in one another, and Lorena became a trusted source of guidance and comfort to Eleanor. They became so close that in 1933, Hickok left the Associated Press because she could no longer be objective in her reporting. And that's on honesty and journalistic integrity. Oh, my God. And that's like the big moment in the movie where she's like you don't understand i have to leave my job because i love you are you fucking hating <laughs> over my career oh my god i'm <laughs> crying already this is a beautiful scene <laughs> oh my god i'm dying for three years hickok visited 32 states and provided detailed salty reports on new deal policy living conditions and politics to fdr eleanor uh, and Hopkins, which I can't uh, remember who that Someone is. Someone who was involved at some point. Someone who was involved at some point. Can't remember who that is. Didn't put their full that, that name in my notes. That Sorry. doesn't ring a bell to me, so I'm going to... No. Was it a man? I, I think it might have been man. It doesn't matter. <laughs> An astute, engaged observer... Hickok could assess the problems a community faced quickly after arriving and could solicit comments from locals that helped the Roosevelt's see their policies from the citizen's point of view, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a massive hand in Eleanor's adjustment to life in the White House. In fact, she was the one who suggested having only female journalists at Eleanor's press conferences. Amazing. Mm-hmm. She also edited all of Eleanor's My Day and Mrs. Roosevelt's page columns, which were like news columns that she would write. One of them, I think, was monthly, and the other was like, uh, I think, my like every day week. was my day, or was my daily. day was daily. She was writing yeah. daily on top of for literally like, everything else she was doing for like a long time, like years. <laughs> oh, like, yeah years she did the my day column i mean that's a political blog career like yeah. that's some people's entire fucking jobs these days and sh- and she wrote it by hand mm-hmm. when hickok became executive secretary of the women's division of the democratic national committee in 1940 eleanor invited her to live at the white house these two spent nearly every day together by FDR's inauguration in 1933. In FDR, to, to FDR's inauguration, Eleanor Roosevelt wore a sapphire Ooh. ring that Hick gave her. <gasps> sapphic? Sapphire sapphic? Is it a coincidence? I don't It think might be, so. but we don't want it to be. <laughs> I, I love that. I'm just saying, I've never given any of my 
legitimately like best friends ranks mm-hmm. before. If I have, it's like not a like. It's just like a hey, here's a piece of jewelry, not, not a like a sapphire ring. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I wonder if she wore it on her Ooh. ring finger. Oh Ooh. my god, I wonder if they had pictures. Then we should we should see if we can find a picture from that day. Um, you keep going. I will look oh. it up. Yes. Okay. Whenever they were apart, they sent many long letters to one another with declarations of love for one another, as you heard at the beginning of this. Also, one quote, I ache to hold you close. Ah! You don't just say that. Listen, Katie, I'm sorry, but I'm never going to tell you I ache to hold you close, okay? No, please don't. That's not our kind of friendship because we're not secretly <laughs> nope. in love. I, I, I ache to hold you close. Mm-hmm. It's so, so romantic. romantic. In yes. 1939, Hickok would take a job promoting the that year's World's Fair before moving into the White House for the next five years. After FDR's death, she followed Eleanor to Hyde Park, New York. And a cottage on the Roosevelt estate, which I'm now putting two and two together. Oh, so it was that cottage. But by then, they had kind of like split up the cottage. And so uh, Hick never went when um, when Non and um, Marion were like a there. Timeshare. Because they were like jealous. They were jealous oh, of shit. each other. There was <gasps> jealousy between the two of them and of... Eleanor's relationship with the two of them. You don't get jealous when right? it's just you a friend. Don't get well. Well. I mean, I do, but you I'm can't. working on it in therapy. You can. <laughs> but in that time. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. But yeah, they like they like avoided each other. Like they would make it so that when they were there, the others weren't. When like Hick was there, they weren't because they didn't mm-hmm. want to see each other. Oh my god. Uh, oh my that is God. crazy Chupi! i know yeah. can you please calm down Chupi's Chupi's just like ah, oh damn lorena died in 1968 unfortunately due to complications from her diabetes um the exact relationship between these two fucking incredible women could never be known for sure because again they didn't tell us and they took that shit to their graves but they're fair. They didn't take, they take those damn letters. Their very loving lever- letters to one another have given us insight after they were deeded to the FDR library by Lorena. And she asked them to not put them on display for 10 years after her death. 10 years. She also burned over 300 letters because, quote, <gasps> Eleanor was not was too explicit. Oh, oh, oh. And oh so she damn. Yeah. them. These are the ones that Hick was okay with us seeing. And I have some thoughts. Uh, I do too. <laughs> during their thirty years of their friendship, they sent each other nearly four thousand letters. There are around twenty three hundred of them at the library. 18 boxes of letters. And I I wish I, I I'm Damn. like hoping that they're like bankers boxes. You know, I hope it's not like little boxes. <laughs> that's right. What I'm that's picturing. what I was picturing. Like that's what I I'm built picturing. a banker's box today. So yeah. I'm I'm hoping it was that. 
Um, You're like, this this could be letters. Now, I have a list of some of the quotes. I do too. Do you want to go back and forth? Can I give, can I Yes. I have five. Can I give you my personal favorite one first, which is like literally just one quick line from it, but I I couldn't help myself. It's so good. My personal favorite quote, I'm getting hungry to see you. And that's from Eleanor to Lorena, November 17th, 1933. Are you sure that's not a line from Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> Dude, I'm getting hungry to see you. She needs to be satisfied. Right. <laughs> Whoa, Eleanor. That's amazing. All right. I want to read you one that's from Eleanor to Hick. Let me get in. Let me get in the mindset. Whew. My pictures are nearly all up, and I have you in my sitting room where I can look at you most of my waking hours. I can't kiss you, so I kiss your picture. Good night and good morning. Oh my god! <gasps> Is it getting hot? Wow. Here? <laughs> Gay. Gay. That's that's the gayest thing I've ever heard. So gay. This is the equivalent of having your long distance partner as the screen to save yes. on your phone. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Here's my next one. Dearest, I miss you and wish you were here. I want to put my arms around you and feel yours around me. More love than I can express in a letter is flying on waves of the thought of you. From Eleanor to Lorena, April 4th, 1934. On waves of the thought of you. Like, damn, bitch. (laughs) This is good shit. Yeah, right? (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. My next one. This is from Hick to Eleanor. Dearest, it was a lovely weekend. I shall have it to think about for a long, long time. Each time we have together that way brings us closer, doesn't oh. it? And oh. that way. <laughs> that okay. way. Yeah. That way. It does what bring way? bodies closer. <laughs> God oh damn. my God. Good for these two. These, these are, are awesome. incredible letters. I'm like so happy at the idea of like picturing them like getting the mail and opening their letters on Right? Like, oh, it's cute. Especially Eleanor in the White House, where like I'm sure other people touch those letters, and she was like, "No one look, no one look, no one look." This one's mine. I'm imagining her like tucking it into her little boob pocket, the the bra, the yes. boob pocket. Mm. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! I'm just now. I'm just. I'm writing this whole movie in my head. Someone, mm-hmm. I need to keep moving before I fully disassociate. <laughs> I have two more. I have a couple more. May the world be full of sunshine and our meetings frequent. Be hours of joy and quiet time. Take us over life's rough seas. Eleanor to Lorena, February 12th, 1935. The poetry. Rough seas? Hmm. So I think when you like write a letter compared to like a text, you have more time to like think about it and like really put thought into mm-hmm. your like words. Whereas like texting's just quick, like you just send it. So I think these people were just way more poetic in general because they like had more 100%. time to think about their like writings. Yeah, like, that makes yeah. sense. That definitely makes sense. All right, my next one from Eleanor to Hick. I also realized I was not giving the dates. I oh, apologize. Okay. 
I will real quick. The dates for the last ones were March 19th, 1933 and January 22nd, 1934, Mm -hmm. respectively. So this one. Gee, what I wouldn't give to talk to you and hear you now. Oh, dear one. It is all the little things. Tones in your voice. The feel of your hair. Gestures. These are the things I think about and long for. Eleanor Tahik, January 27th, 1934. Gestures. What gestures are you talking about? Oh, my God. Please, can someone please write to me like this? Like, I know I'm married, but like, damn, damn, you need to stop. (laughs) Hick, my dearest, I cannot go to bed tonight without a word to you. I felt as though a part of me was leaving tonight. You have grown so much to be a part of my life that it is empty without you, even though I'm busy every minute. Eleanor to Lorena, March 5th, 1933. Busy every minute. My heart. My heart. Jesus. Please tell me they're buried next to each other. I feel like it would be a travesty of justice if they're not. I don't think they are. I wish they were. I don't think they are, though. All right. My last one. This is from Hick to Eleanor, April 19th, 1934. Oh, damn it. I wish it could be there when you feel as you did Sunday night and take you in my arms and hold you close. Well, I'll try to make you happy every minute when I'm there in May. (laughs) Oh, my God. The aspirations. Ooh, as you as you felt, as you feel feel as you did Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did she oh, feel? Okay. Shit. We, we catch the drift. <laughs> we got we get you, we got I you. I have a I have a few more. Hick, darling. Oh, how good it was to hear your voice. It was so inadequate to try and tell you what it meant. Jimmy was near, and I couldn't say Je t'aime et je t'adore, as I longed to do, but always remember I am saying it, and that I go to sleep thinking of you and repeating our little saying. Eleanor to Lorena, March 7th, 1933. Who's I Jimmy? don't know, but also like, fuck you for Jimmy one of their for kids? being there. <laughs> Root in the moment. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know who Jimmy is. I've never heard of Jimmy. I'm going to look that up real quick. I'm going to read another one. This one's a little bit longer, but like, oh, you're going to be so happy that I I read it. Real quick, before you go, um, Jimmy, James Roosevelt is the second and second child and first of Franklin and Eleanor Do I Roosevelt. slightly Called feel bad for saying son. fuck you for being there because it was a child? Yes. No. Am no. I going to retract my oh, statement? Okay, sorry. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sure every parent feels this way sometimes. Mm-hmm. They're like, wow, you really ruined the mood. I felt that way a lot when I first got my dog. So like, I can't <laughs> imagine a child. <laughs> it's weird when the, the dogs look at you when you're trying to have intimate time. You're just Don't like, can you please get out of the room? Thank you. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Oh my God. <laughs> Annoying. All right, next one. Eleanor to Lorena, April 9th, 1934. This will be just a note to tell you I love you. So cute. That one's so making cute. me tear up. Oh. Yeah. Like, it's just, a, I'm just thinking of you. I just wanted you to know. That's really sweet. 
Um, this is my last one. And I think that this one, I know I read my favorite before, but I think in like sweetness terms, I think this one is my favorite. I meant what I said in the wire I sent you today. I grow prouder of you each year. I know no other woman who could learn to do so many things after 50 and to do them so well as you, love. You are so better than you realize, my dear. A happy birthday, dear. And you are still the person I love more than anyone else in the world. Lorena to Eleanor, October 8th, 1941. I have tears in my eyes. (laughs) So sweet. What the fuck? Just like the support. Is a wire like a telegraph? Probably. That's where I, my mind went with that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's so sweet. Um, and it's so funny because it's like you already sent her a telegraph, and now you're writing her a letter <laughs> in the same day. I love it, but She's like, like that's I'm covering support. my bases. Like <laughs> I sent, I sent flowers and chocolates. <laughs> doing the most, I'm doing even the most. if for some reason they were not lovers in the way that all of these letters convince me. The level of that kind of friendship and support is like a truly beautiful thing. Mm. Yeah, a truly beautiful thing. I agree. And that is my part about Lorena Ooh. and Eleanor and their Ooh. incredible Amazing. love letters. Which now Ooh. I want to go to the FDR library and go see these letters in person. Understandably. Can we take a uh, field trip? That's in New York, right? <laughs> Where is it? We looked it up. It's in New York. Yeah, right? it's Hyde. Uh, Hyde. I'm think it's Hyde Park, New York? No. Where did we... We looked it up. Ugh. I think we looked it up. It was in Greenwich, I thought. I can look mm, it up. Yes. Okay. Hyde Park, New York. Oh, it's in Albany. It's like right, I, think it's, I think it's either part of or close to that estate that they had up there. Yeah. Which was in Hyde Park. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's easy. That's easier than getting to the JFK Museum in Texas. In Texas. <laughs> We're taking a field trip. Uh, it also just sounds more pleasant than going to Texas. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think we talked about this last time because y'all are along the East Coast and I'm also in, I'm in Richmond. So it's just mm-hmm. like, just ride the train up. Right? <laughs> yeah. Take a quick train ride, train ride up. I'm here for it. Do you want to talk about your gangster yeah, so- mob wife? So this is just speculation. I'm just going to let everybody uh, out there know. And it's not quite going to hit as well as um, our Hick story. But um, Eleanor lived in the... So this is just like just another example of someone that we could speculate was, if not in a relationship with Eleanor, was at least a queer friend of Eleanor's. It, her name is Anna Genovese. She was the wife to mobster Vito Genovese of the Genovese family. Um, and she is well known for being gay. Well Ooh. known for being gay. I'm talking like like she was she was running during Prohibition. She was running the gay clubs in Greenwich Village type of gay. Oh, That's shit. Okay. Yes. yes. Her and Eleanor... For a little while, lived in the same building in Greenwich Village. Okay. It is known that they would take meals to each other. Ooh. Okay. 
meals. I'm like, is it code word for something? Is it? Is it code word? For themselves. I don't know. So I'm not going to go too much into it because we have uh, gotten a lot of information. But if any listeners want to listen to it, we have an episode about Anna Genovese on my podcast, Sweet Baby Gay. Hell yeah. Definitely a listen. Yeah, I have to check that out. I know. I I feel like, Katie, you've been really into the the mob people have been very the forefront of your life they've been they've been very adjacent to everything i've been reading about lately i love that i'm gonna also recommend so for me it's episode 11 of sweet baby gay um we talk about anna genovese and jane adams in that episode this was back when um i had my uh old co-host autumn on the show but i got most of my information about her on this podcast amazing podcast called mob queens and it is a Um, it, I want to say it's like, it's either eight or 10 episodes and it is all about, it's like a documentary, like, uh, style podcast. It's uh, whoa, it's 12 episodes all about Anna Ooh. Genovese and, um, her and her relationship with her, um, husband. And because it is, it is juicy. It's juicy. Ooh. And, um, like, like I'm talking, she, she went in court and, uh, talked about like, snitched on her husband in court type of oh juicy. damn that that type of juicy Ooh. um and this podcast this podcast is so good because like they are reporting on it as they're getting the information so like as they're finding all the information and doing all their research they are recording their episodes so like at the beginning they don't because there's not much like documented about her so it's a very much like them piecing puzzle pieces together and everything because women mm. in general were not documented very well at the time um yeah so as they're like putting the puzzle pieces together that's when they're recording so at the beginning they don't even know if the story's gonna go anywhere they're just like hey we're a little curious about this woman let's let's like do some <laughs> little research about her wow that's so cool I need a new podcast to listen to. It's amazing. It's such a good uh, podcast. I've listened to it like three times. Um, I also have ADHD, so I re-listen to things all the time. So put that. It's like rewatching your favorite shows. (laughs) I do it. It's a it's a bad habit. I'm actually trying to break because I'm sure it would free up a lot of my time. But (laughs) very, very good. Very good podcast. And um, yes, yeah, so Anna Genovese is known to have been friends with Eleanor Roosevelt. And her Anna Genovese herself is known to be queer. Oh, I love it. And yes. it's like, even if Eleanor somehow was not queer at all, the fact that she was so surrounded by the queer community is just something that like brings me comfort, especially with all yeah. of her humanitarian efforts. Yeah, and uh, like even if she wasn't yeah. herself queer, she was still part of the queer community. And like mm, I definitely. think that even if even if she wasn't queer, we can still consider her part. Like I think it could be that she's socially queer. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but these letters, man, these I letters. Know. There's there's no way there is no way that she was not gay. There's no yeah. Way. It's like, we're not going to put a label on you, but you are one of us for sure. Icon. You're kissing. You are talking about kissing women. Yes. The northeast corner of the lip. (laughs) The soft spot on your lip. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. You're hungry for her. (laughs) I'll never get like... uh, Please give me a whole Absolutely. book of those. Turn it into a book, all of them, and I'll 
eat that shit up. <laughs> Absolutely no way she's not gay. I just don't believe it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's uh, about all I have. That's all I have on too. Her and her lovely relationships. I learned so much. I'm so glad. Ooh. I was also all weekend. I was like itching to talk about it. And like, <laughs> well, I, here's the thing. I feel like we've been planning this for so long. And mm-hmm. then I was like, oh my we God, have. the day is finally here. We the have. Here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I know Ashley's been itching to talk about it because she's been trying to talk to me about it. And I've been like, no, I want it to be a surprise. And then like a day or two will pass and she'll be like, I've been getting my notes just like perfect. Do you want to hear some of these quotes? And I'm like, no, Ashley, I want it to be a surprise. And I can tell she's just like, someone just talk to me about this shit, please. And I know that feeling so hard. Yes. Oh because sometimes... Sometimes when we're recording our own episodes, we do not share with each other the mm-hmm. topics sometimes. Yeah. And it's those weeks where I'm just like, what What are we talking about? Like, I, I, need, I need to know. Or I have so many things that I want to tell Katie, but it's like, we can't yet because we're not recording. <laughs> this is my wife when they're planning a D&D session. They're like, can I talk to you about it? And I'm like, no, you can't because I'm surprise. one of the players. Like, <laughs> like I can't be cheating. <laughs> this is exactly. <laughs> Also, I would like to experience it firsthand. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh my God. This was so lovely, though. This was I amazing. Was. This was great. We have to do this again. We yes. do. We have to find. I trust me. I will find. I like really want to dig into the like who was gay in history. I also would love to dig into the who was uh, who was polyamorous in history. I would love mm, to do mm, um, yes. The person who wrote uh, uh, Wonder Woman. Was polyamorous. Ooh, really? Yeah. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. I love that though. Possible episode. <laughs> Just say. Interesting. Mm, we do like nerdy things. We do. <laughs> <laughs> you're like looking off into space. You're like, I'm like yeah, trying to think. I'm also trying to think of like some queer conspiracies and some stuff in the government, but I'll have to look around, <laughs> see what I can find. <laughs> I love that. Well, I guess a goodbye to our listeners. I um in each of our so this is going to be posted on each of our links. I will definitely yes. make sure to put to like in description link y'all's uh of course podcast and the We're same all, and we'll everything. We'll also do that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll make sure everything, guys. Everything's going to be co linked. You will easily be able to find each other like yes. all the other podcasts. <laughs> Without further ado, we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.